The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing then you've tuned in to the right program for the next hour listen in as reverend temple hayes senior minister of first unity campus in saint petersburg florida shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life she will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing now here's your host reverend temple hayes Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Temple Hayes, and I'm so excited that you have chosen to join us today as we are looking at concepts of how you can move from good to amazing. And today, our guest is certainly someone that has done just that. Chandra Alexandra is known in Tampa Bay as our own Dr. Phil. She is an advisor to thousands of people. She has been featured in the Oprah magazine. She is an immense life coach. Chandra, welcome to From Good to Amazing. I am so excited that you are with us. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And I love watching all of your YouTube features from the many years that you were on NBC's Daytime um, giving a reality check. And I think that um, that is one thing that I find so rich about this show is it offers people an opportunity to have a reality check about how to move from good to amazing, because a lot of people think that, that good is ordinary, but there's so much more uh, that's in store for each and every one of us. One of I the think- ideas that you have, Chandra, that I find so, um, hmm, it just feels so real and authentic to me, is the idea or the error that people think that the goal is to be happy all the time. Share with us your, your views on that. Well, I think happiness is wonderful, but I think that people have the wrong idea about happiness, and they think that it's a place to get to, and once you get to it, you know, that's where you're going to stay. I mean, there are as many opportunities in a day to be happy as there are to be sad. Life is a mixture of both happy and sad. To me, it's really about authenticity. It's about being present. You know, I have clients that say to me, you know, I'm afraid to be, I'm afraid to feel my happiness because I'm afraid it's going to go. You know, I don't want to jinx it. And I tell them, you might as well feel it because it is going to go. Everything goes. Everything goes up. Everything goes down. Everything moves. Uh, That's the only thing that we can count on. And really, joy, which is really different from happiness, is only experienced in the moment. And my experience has been, and even that sometimes in the midst of horrific pain, you know, I can be very much at peace and very, very joyful because I know that I'm going in the right direction. When I think about joy also, I love the acronym of joy. Um, For me, it's just open yourself. Exactly. Openness is the word. Mm -hmm. And your practicalities of teaching, and that's what inspires me about uh, following your work, is because um, there's not really an arrival place. Life is really so much more than the externals, but you're talking about the deepening of your inner awareness and being awake inside, right? Right, exactly. I think that it's wonderful to have a great day. Uh, Don't misunderstand me. I am not knocking it. Mm -hmm. But that's not where your true 
peacefulness lies, your true connectedness lies. It lies inside. Anytime we focus on anything outside ourselves, we're always going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Because that's just simply the way the world is. Nothing in the world stays. Everything moves and changes. So if you don't have a home base, if you don't have a place to call your own, a place that's inside you, you know, you're always going to want to be someplace other than where you're at. And that's not a very good place to be. Was it the years that you spent in India with meditation and and being alone, were they specific times that really uh, taught you how to naturally deepen your relationship inside? Well, the answer is probably yes, but did that in and of itself teach me? The answer is no. I mean, even after spending 10 years in in India and living in an ashram in a monastery and living that very uh, disciplined life, uh, when I came out, I realized that I had to make my way in the world. I had to make peace with all my psychological relationships that I had left 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think really having a spiritual life is really being able to integrate your inner life, your life in the world, and making peace with your psychological demons. You have to be able to do all three. And if there's any part of that that scares you, that initially will tell you that that's the place that you need to go. That's where you need to work. So if you spend a lot of time, for example, meditating and praying, and, but you know that you can't, you know, you don't have work that you love, and you keep going from pillar to post, and you can't save money, and you can't support yourself in the world, you can't fool the inner self. You have to be able to move seamlessly from one part of life to another. Does that make any sense? It totally does, and I I love the idea that you just said you can't fool your inner self. It, it no, kind of ties because your inner self always knows when you're living a, a false truth, doesn't it? Exactly, you always know, and it's the thing that keeps nagging at you. And the thing that keeps nagging at us is usually the thing that we want to push away. What you initially want to push away, what initially scares us is really what ultimately sets us free. And you have to listen to that because that's where you need to go. We're not willingly going to go someplace that's a little bit scary for us. You you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You're you're not going to go. You have to Mm -hmm. be very, very brave to have a good life. It's not for the faint at heart. Not everybody (laughs) gets to have one. Yes, that's so true. It takes work and well, putting energy into it. You have to it. be willing. You have to be willing to do the work. Most people are not willing to do the work. You know, they think, oh, my God, I just had this amazing epiphany. And I tell my clients, so what are you going to do with it? They're like, what? I said, well, you might as well, you know, take drugs if you're, all you want to do is have an epiphany. Because <laughs> lots of people have an epiphany when they drink, when they take drugs. It's what you do with that epiphany. Mm -hmm. Do you bring that into your everyday life? You know, if you have an insight about going a new direction, are you willing to put in the work to make that come to fruition? It's so true. I mean, people will say to me sometimes, well, you know, I was so happy that 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 whatever it was happened to you. And I go, you know... I've been doing this for twenty. I've been doing this for twenty years. You know, I've been I've been showing up. You know, when I felt like it, I've been showing up when I didn't feel like it. I've been showing up when I was going through my own things, and it would have been better just to climb under the covers and put up the the sign, "Do not bother me." Um, You know, and it's—I'm not implying that I've arrived by far, but I always get kind of tickled by that guy, like like it just came, like. You know, people forget that. Like, oh, you're so lucky. (laughs) Right. Lucky's the name of a horse. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I'm not so lucky. I'm just like you. And Mm -hmm. that's the most important lesson to understand, that you're in a mentor relationship. I'm in a mentor relationship. I never think for one minute that my life is any better or worse than anyone else's. We all succumb to the laws of gravity. We all live in this world. Everything that's born dies, you know. There's no way that you can live this life and not have your heart broken a million times. But how, what, it's not what happens to you in life. It's what you do with what happens to you. 
So true. It's absolutely so true because that's the moment where you're making a decision. You know, one of the things that you talk about that it, it really made me stop and kind of think about uh, my BS, meaning belief systems, um, is when people feel like they need to rush and make a decision about something and they need to be in a hurry about it and they need to figure it out real quick. Uh, give us some of your wisdom about that, Chandra. Well, I think that that's a, a very uh, common mistake and a very big misconception. And I think that over our lifetime, we've heard it get it again and again, it's better to do something than to do nothing. Uh, that is absolutely not true. It's better to do nothing than to do just anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that most people realize that. I think that most people are afraid when they don't know exactly what's coming next, so they force a decision. The truth is, when you close one door before you open another, there's going to be a space in between. That space is what we we call traditionally a dark night of the soul. And Mm -hmm. it's when we really don't know. But that dark night of the soul, when you really don't know what's going on, that's where all the good stuff is happening. That's where all the ingredients are being put in. That's the space between when one door closes and another door opens. And if you rush that, you don't allow the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, that energy to bring to fruition what is absolutely meant for you because you panic and you get anxious. And there's no way to move from a place known to a place unknown without feeling some sense of anxiety. You are going to be anxious. So if you're not willing to feel that, you're never going to be able to make those changes that you need to make to move in a new direction. So my, my, my advice is do not be in a hurry. You know, I tell my clients all the time, the time to move, the time to make a decision is when everything in you says go. Not when you feel nervous and someone's telling you better to do something than to nothing. Don't listen to those people. Mm-hmm. That, by the way, is very good advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good advice. It re- yes, it's, it's <laughs> it reminds me of the window that Joan Bordesinko talks about in her book about moving um, the, the place between the no longer and the not yet. That's exactly, between one door closing and another door mm -hmm. opening, exactly. That's exactly what you're referring to. And I have found in my own life that when I am closing a door and leaving something, be it a relationship or a job or whatever, any time that I have gotten in my head and rushed it and felt anxious, I woke up one day several months later and I was in exactly the same situation that I had left. I just took me with, you know, I took me with the experience. And in addition, it was just with different people that I was figuring out. Whereas, you know, I had just repeated the same old thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, what happens is that what people want to do is they want to close one door and they want to hold on to that door behind them while at the same time opening another door. That's, what, that's how you end up in, in, in the overlap relationships again and again and again. You understand? Mm-hmm. You, so what you need to do is you need to, when you close one door, you need to know that the reason you're closing it is because it just is not working for you. You know, you've tried again and again and again with different names, different places. That whole deal is just not working for you. So you have to be willing to let go. The minute you let go, you're in that place where you're not hanging on to anything. And it's a scary place. So you have to be extremely brave to have a good life. Because at some point, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what's happening. But you have to have enough faith to know that you knew enough. You know, we don't wake up one morning and we don't say, I know exactly where I'm going and exactly, exactly who I want to be with and exactly what work I want to do. We don't usually do that. But we do say, you know what? I know what I don't want. I know what's not working for me. And that's when you close that door because you're really sure. And then you begin to put in the right ingredients Because if you put in the right ingredients, you know, it really doesn't matter. You know, if you put in your almond milk and your yogurt and your strawberries, you're going to have a good smoothie. You know, you don't have to worry how it's going to (laughs) taste. 
So, so putting true. in the right ingredients when you're in that place between one door closing and another door opening is what your job is. Your job is not to manipulate outcome. Is that making any sense? Yes, totally. Okay, okay. And that's what it becomes. It's, it's a, a false, it's an illusion when people are really attempting to manipulate their next steps in life because exactly you, you, there's no such thing and, and no. it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because the universe has a way of putting, how many times, you know, for, for me, just speaking for myself, uh, there have been many times in my life when, you know, I'm pretty thorough and I get all the pieces together, but if I allow myself to just surrender, I end up with something. That's after, of course, doing all the work and doing the discipline. I'm not talking about lying on the couch and not mm-hmm. doing anything. But after you've done the work, at some point you have to just let it rip because the universe has a way of delivering something that lots of times you couldn't even have imagined. That's how good it is. And I've had that happen to me again and again in my life with things that have come to fruition and I've never even believed were possible for me. Yeah, I just got a, um, it just reminded me of earlier, I got a um, a Facebook response from somebody that's been following me on Twitter for a couple of years, right? And just following, you know, the quotes and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden she realized that I'm going to be speaking like right where she already goes in another city in Florida. It's just like, and these are the moments that you're talking about that there's no way we can predict that. We can't, Mm -hmm. if she had said, well, I don't know how to, you know, locate this person that's Twitter and I'm going to force this. I mean, it's not, it's totally impossible in the vastness of the universe, but it's those little, those little jewels that come to us in the mystery of the moment that are, you know, and whether, so we, whether, and whether we recognize them as God's grace, whether mm-hmm. God meaning the universe's grace, energy's grace, however you believe, if you understand that there is a way that the universe unfolds, whether we get it or not, you know, our understanding of it doesn't make it any more or less. It's the universe is waiting for us to catch on. <laughs> you know? Right. We're the ones waiting, right? I mean, our our <laughs> dreams are waiting on us to come true, to being awake yeah. and paying yeah. attention. I mean, and I mean the, universe ha- the universe has it all together. It's clicking and snapping along. I mean, they're, they're, it's not having any problem. It knows exactly <laughs> what it's doing. It's whether or not we listen to our inner voice, whether or not we trust our instinct. That inner voice, those instincts are in most people like an atrophied muscle. And we all have the same ability to tap into that omnipotence, omnipresence, that knowledge that's everywhere. It's just whether or not, you know, we trust that inner voice in ourselves. The more you trust it, the stronger that muscle gets. It gets stronger and stronger. And if you don't listen to your inner voice, you're out there by yourself. Your inner voice tells you where to sit in a room. It tells you what house to buy. Tells you whether or not to take this loan. You, you understand? It works. Oh, totally. It always have your. It always has your best interest at heart. It's like we and say: you either listen, listen to, to those um, whispers, or you get those great big two by fours. I'm finding exactly. pleasure, as I know you are, this afternoon listening to the wisdom of Chandra Alexandra, life coach. You can find her on CoachGirl.com. I'm Temple Hayes, and thank you for taking the time and joining our show today, Unity Online Radio, from good to amazing. We'll be right back after a short break. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you.
Any time a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently, at one with infinite possibility. I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above, expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do. I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Do you feel undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karin Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, from Good to Amazing. We are getting so many great insights from Chandra Alexandra Life Coach. You can find her on coachgirl.com. Her phone number is 813 813- Three four eight nine eight eight five. So, for you to continue this conversation with Chandra, please go to her website and/or give her a call. We've been talking about various things today with who we are, our inner being, and one of the things that I've always liked to say, Chandra, on my road and my experiences with relationships, kind and unkind, is the word intimacy. And I love to look at that word because I've been saying for a number of years, intimacy means in to me. See? So it all boils down to the relationship you have with yourself. Exactly. Tell us about your rich stories that involve this concept. Well, I think that, uh, you know, more than any other topic, and you and I have talked about this before, I think relationships is a key topic. Everybody's interested in relationships. And I think relationships are wonderful. But the relationship you have with yourself is going to be the relationship, ultimately, that you have with everybody else. And if you do not know who you are, you are absolutely not going to ever let another person close to you. Because simply by proximity, when another person comes close to you, they look inside you. And if you don't like who you are, if you don't know who you are, the minute someone comes close to you, you're going to step away. You're going to back off. People are going to feel, someone's going to feel you retreating. Then they're going to back off. And the minute you get some space, you're going to move forward. Then they're going to move forward, and the minute that that happens again, you're going to back off again. And that's what we call the dance of intimacy. That's apart together, apart together. And that's what happens over and over again when people do not know who they are. They will not let someone else close to them. 
And I have heard so many people, you know, say through the years or doing different workshops and things how, oh, wow, you know, I'd really love to meet that right person that will cook me dinner and, you know, light a candle and and take walks to the beach. And I love to always say or to ask in a very gentle but stern way, (laughs) are you doing that with yourself? You know, they kind of look at me like, what? And I go, you, yeah, you heard me. Are you doing that with yourself? Because if you're not doing it with yourself, there isn't a magic person on a horse, um, the plugged in horse at Walmart going to unplug and come find you and, and go to the beach and make dinner for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. The, the key is really, uh, can you enjoy your own company? And uh, my feeling is that there is no way ever, ever, ever that you can have any kind of relationship that has any real substance if you're afraid of being alone. Uh, You always have an agenda running. That agenda is I don't want to be alone, and whatever I have to do to keep from ever being alone, that's what I'm going to do, whether that's to stay in a marriage that is not loving, that's abusive, that doesn't fill you at the deepest level, if you're afraid of your own company, if you're afraid of being alone. So oftentimes when I have, you know, people come to me and they're breaking up, they're breaking up a marriage or they're getting a divorce or, they're, or they've been in a relationship for a long time, a tendency so often is to do the overlap relationship, which is to go from one relationship to another. And that's just doomed to fail. And I think you talked about it previously when we were discussing this earlier, which is it looked like a new guy. His name was not John. His name was Pete. But guess what? He was the same guy. He's a little cuter, and he was exactly the same. (laughs) and And he's exactly the same. And that's because you're exactly the same. So they come in different forms and different shapes, but if you keep having the same theme, if you keep ending up with guys who can't make a commitment to you, if you keep ending up with people who are emotionally abusive to you, this has nothing to do with those people. This has to do with you. We teach people how to treat us based on how we behave, who we are, the work that we've done on ourselves. That goes before you, even before you have a relationship. Somebody picks that up. People say to me all the time, you meet a lot of deadbeats out there? I say, no, not really. Because when they come around me, if I'm going east on my compass, they look and they like, I want to go west. I don't even want to be around her. Because she's not going to fall for my BS. So I think people pick that up. They pick up your self-esteem. They pick up your boundaries. They pick up your openness. And they pick up whether or not you know how to like your own company and whether you know how to take care of yourself. And that's what creates the relationships that you have. It's so true. And I was talking to a colleague earlier today about how, you know, in the twi- being 20 and in the 20s and being 30 and even in the 40s, 40-year-olds, 40 I mean, of how... It was always important for me to find a mirror that I aspired to be more like. And what a lot of people don't understand is, back to our earlier conversation, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable for a while. You know, if you're making an average income, for example, and you want to be a wealthier type person in a monetary sense, you have to be comfortable hanging out with people that have a lot. And there's a space where you're uncomfortable because insecurities come up and anxieties come up and, you know, being found out. And and that uncomfortableness is your ego not allowing you, wanting you to, it's it's your ego with a sense of entitlement, wanting you to be someplace or somewhere or something that you have not yet worked for, that -hmm. you have not yet put in the work. And you're exactly right. You have to be willing to go through that transition and put your ego to the side and understand that you can create anything you want in this life, but you have to do the work. It's not just going to be handed to you. 
When you discovered uh, your opportunity to be on um, the daytime TV, was that something that had been in motion for you for a long time? Um, No. It was one of those things that we talked about. You know, I had taken a break from my practice. I decided to write a book. I finally had the book published. I said, now I'm going to, you know, I really want to do this. I, I, I have my my masters. I had worked for other people before and made them a lot of money. I thought, I'm tired of making everybody else a lot of money. Everybody I worked for made money that because of what I did. I said, I have to do this on my own. So I saved up enough money. I took a year off. I wrote a book. And I said, now that I have a book, I'm just going to go speak everywhere. And I'm going to use this book as sort of entree out into the world and see what happens. And instead of working for other people, doing my therapy and my coaching, I'm going to see if I can build my own practice. And I must have spoken at four or five or maybe six or seven places. And a woman came up after the, the speaking to these women. And she said, I would just like to introduce myself. You know, my name is Bonnie Height, and my husband is Bob Height, and he's the chief newscaster at Channel 8, and I've never heard a hundred women be quiet at the same time. And I would love to take you to Channel 8. She said, would you be interested? I know all the people at the daytime show. I think they would love you. And I'm like, I would love it. And that's how it happened. And I never could have imagined that. That wasn't even in my bag of tricks. I wasn't, I wasn't wishing it. I wasn't hoping it. I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to get out there, and I'm just going to see what happens. And that's how everything has happened. That's how, I, you know, I started doing uh, Fox again uh, a few months ago. I got a call. It was out of nowhere. We, we'd like you to come, and blah, blah, and, and so that's how that started. So you never know, if you stay open, you never know what's going to be coming down the pike for you. But I don't do anything anymore. I mean, I do, I, I'm not afraid of hard work, but I really want to really have some fun. And, I, and I'm only interested in working with people I like. And that, mm-hmm. that for me has become, you know, that for me is what the most important thing is. I spend time with people I like and I work with people I like. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it, too. It's just so important. Yeah, too short. That, that, that is really, you know... That, that's the most important thing. You know, there's, it's those connections that, uh, that's what community is about, and that's why what you do and the community you have there is, is so important, because it's through those connections that we open, and it's through those connections that we listen, and, and, and that we're understood, and we're appreciated, and we're heard. Everybody needs that. Yeah, and it's so valuable, too, when, you know, people, like we say about the elephant, elephants always return back to their stomping grounds. And I think it's so, um, that's why I love the work and what Unity does is because it offers that spiritual community that, you know, people are out there living every day, facing different things and challenges and choices, etc. And they have this place that they can come and find comfort. Uh, they can look at mirrors of people going, you can do it. You know, I know you can do it. You know, ride the waves. You can be this. And it's very empowering and very powerful. It's certainly yeah. been, uh, as I was saying last week on Lifetime Television, it, Unity was the catalyst of, you know, someone looking at me and saying, you're okay. You're wonderful. Just like you are. And I, yeah, never you don't, you don't have to before, do anything. You, know? you don't have to do anything. Just who you are is good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. just who you are is good enough, and um, you're a co-creator of your universe, and here you are. And the moment you hear something like that for the first time in your life, and you know it has depth and meaning, it's like it just catapults you to a whole different place, you know, beyond your your imagination, really. Well, I think one of the reasons why, I I, I totally agree, I think one of the reasons why the secret, uh, the book The Secret was so popular is because it opened up that whole idea that you can create your world, you can be whatever you want to be, and it gave gave, uh, people tremendous personal power, but the problem was that, you know, it's not just about doing, I mean, affirmations are wonderful, but they don't work unless you back them up. 
mm-hmm. with some hard work. You know, you, you have to be able to, to make those affirmations, and then you have to be able to do the work that's necessary to make those affirmations come to fruition. The physical plane is extremely, this is, I mean, this is physics. The physical plane is extremely dense. It's the last place that our feelings and our desires and all of the things we want become manifest. First, they become manifest mentally. You know, we have an idea, we have a thought. Then we have a feeling. You know, it takes a long time to get that big mansion on Bayshore or to get that new Mercedes-Benz. You know, it's when all your feelings and your thoughts and the work and your actions, and they gain critical mass, then all of a sudden something becomes manifest on the physical plane. And you begin to see on the physical plane the results. But that's the last place that all of those feelings become manifest. Are you with me? I'm totally with you, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's so important that, you know, for those of you that are listening or know other people that could benefit for this from this information, because it's so crucial that people hear that, because I found that, you know, with the, the sobriety piece, for me, I, I meet so many people that they give up and they go back uh, to the drinking life that did not work. Uh, like a couple of months shy of reaching this physical place that you're talking about, of just knowing that you're on top of your life and that you're healthier than you ever imagined. Um, But it takes the work, you know, and people ask me sometimes, I'll be sober 24 years this September, and through, you know, God's grace and my willingness to do the work, you know, and they they go, you know, do you miss that? And I go, Miss that? Are you kidding? You know, miss it, miss apologizing for myself, miss feeling guilty, you know, miss calling people that I was with over the weekend and act like, you know, could you please tell me kind of what happened without wanting to tell them that I didn't remember anything? Um, no, uh, sorry, uh, don't miss that. Uh, I was missing my life, you know, my life was going on and I, and I was missing it. And so, to do the work and to show up with the willingness that it wasn't always going to be easy, but by far it has been so rich and so worth it that I would never look in the rearview mirror and go, wow, that was exciting back then. No, it was a great teaching, uh, learned a lot. Thank you for sharing. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, here's the, uh, here's the deal. When, when, you, when you plant a seed, one of the, the main tenets in Kashmir Shaivism, which is an Eastern philosophy, they say, when you plant a seed, fruit falls from the tree. And do not be attached to the fruits of your actions. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line to all of that, what that's basically saying is, look, don't worry about when it's going to happen. It's going to happen. If you do the work, you are going to have a good life. It may not come in the next 30 days, but it's going to come. And don't think that anything that you're planting is not going to bear fruition. There's a time when things manifest on the physical plane, and they manifest at exactly the right time for you. So when people give up too quick or they don't want to do the work, then they miss out on having that good life because they want instant gratification of their needs, and it is not going to happen. The universe is not going to do it your way. It's been doing it its way a long time, and it works just fine. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? It's so really insane is. sometimes when you think about, you know, how how certain people will just, you know, spend so much time in areas that aren't going to do them any good because you're so right. Why even be in a discussion about wanting to change a universe that is in perfect order all the time? I'm loving our conversation today. I'm having the conversation with Chandra Alexandra. You can visit her on coachgirl.com. We're going to go to break now. I'm Temple Hayes, and you've been joining us on From Good to Amazing. If you're enjoying this program and the many others offered to you by Unity Online Radio, please share your good with us and make a donation so that these wonderful programs can continue to reach so many 
a much needed t- teaching for today's times and practical ways in which you can live an amazing life. We'll be right back. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently. At one with infinite possibility, I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above, expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do. I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. What if everything on the big TV screen of life could be interpreted metaphysically? What do current events and popular culture signal back to the collective soul of nations and individuals? Join us every Friday for New World Radio. Bringing Unity's teachings to the issues of today. The Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett and her weekly guest Christopher Naughton take you on a holistic worldview journey with special guests, real issues, and your phone calls and comments. New World Radio with Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett. Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Well, welcome back, everyone, and we're talking with Chandra Alexandra, and we have covered so many great things today on moving from good to amazing. One of the things I wanted to talk with you about, Chandra, is the idea of people longing, just longing to meet their soulmates. (laughs) How do you feel about that, and what ideas would you like to share with us around that issue? You know, I, if you think you only have one soulmate, I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I know that some people have the best relationship they've ever had in their life, and I think that that's wonderful. Um, here's what the deal is. If, if the idea of a soulmate is, uh, if I, when I meet this person, then all my problems are going to be solved and I'm going to be happy forever, uh, that's probably not going to work for you. But if your idea of a soulmate is, uh, I would love to meet someone that I could have a true, open, loving connection with, where I would be willing to be vulnerable and open and let someone into the deepest part of my being, and I would want the same from them, then I think soulmates is great. But uh, I think what we talked about before is it's a level of intimacy that that ultimately is based on how intimate you are with yourself. That's what Soulmates is about. Well, I know for me, I was so grateful that when they say, you know, three is a charm, when I really met, you know, the love of my life. And it's it's exactly what you're saying. The reason that it came about in the first place is because of this richness in relationship that I had learned to have over the years. wasn't easy. wasn't always easy. Went to lots of therapy. But learning just to have that relationship with myself. And that's what it, it's so wonderful when you do have someone in your life that you know no matter what you say, what you feel, what you share, it's all wonderful. 
It's accepted. It's that place of self-acceptance, isn't it? Well, I, I think it is. I think that basically what you're saying is that you know that you can be, this is what I hear you saying, Temple, that you know in this relationship that you have that you can be just exactly who you are and whether it's a good day or a bad day or an up or a down or a sideways or a, that it's all just kind of accepted, that there's really no judgment call other than just allowing you to exist for who you are in that space. And to me, that's what it's about. I always say that that doesn't mean that there's not work that needs to be put in sometimes in relationships. I'm not saying that there's not. But that's the part that we just talked about that gives it that effortless, that flowing quality where you just feel like you're home with somebody. I think that's really what it's about. So back to that idea, we were talking about relationship and how, um, you know, we get to a place where it's totally self-acceptance and the joy of that. But again, it's the whole concept of what you were saying, Chandra, it's about the being intimate with yourself when you just really accept who you are, you're gentle with yourself, you're unconditional, it's like you make mistakes and it's like, okay, the intention is to do better, then you're so right. That's If you treat yourself that way, then that's how other people are going to be treating you as well. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that's what the deal is. We, we really do teach people how to treat us based on how we behave how we come into the world, the boundaries we have, the way we love ourselves, the respect that we have for others and for ourselves. Everything we do is, is a teaching of, of how we want somebody else to treat us. And I think that, you know, when you're in a relationship and that reciprocity, uh, that respectful reciprocity is there, um, I don't think it gets any better than that. I mean, that is just... It, it, it's, it, 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 it's just terrific when you have that with somebody. And I kind of live my life where either I'm by myself or I have that in relationship, whether that's my primary relationship, whether that's my friend's relationship. A long time ago, I stopped spending time with acquaintances. I, I say hello to them. I'm very nice. <laughs> but I don't spend, well, they say, how come you don't? I said, well, if they could have made the friend cut, they would have. And that's not to say that acquaintances aren't nice. I mean, they're very nice. But you only have so much time, and how do you choose to spend your time? I like being able to be real, to be open, to be heard, to connect. You know, I'm not into chatting and just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff. I like it to have meaning for me. Mm -hmm. So... You know, my relationships are my connections. They're the ways that I connect. By connecting to somebody else, you end up then once again connecting to yourself. T.S. Eliot says it's ending up where you began but knowing the place for the first time. You know, you do like a full Mm circle. You do like a full circle, you know. You know who you are. You feel good. And then you connect to somebody else. And then you see yourself reflected back in those person, in that person's eyes, in the way that person hears you. And you get to experience yourself a whole different way as well. It's just a hoot. You know, it's really, it's really (laughs) wonderful, that kind of relationship. But I love that idea that, that you're there again, and yet this time yes. you really know it, and that's what you're there so... again, and you're looking at it with whole, with whole, with completely different eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's what I think is the whole deal with us anyway. I think we're always looking at it with new eyes. It's always ending up where you began, but knowing the place for the first time. Our issues stay our issues our whole life. They never change. You're not going to get rid of your issues. You you know what I'm saying. You're just not. I sure do. (laughs) You're not going to get rid of your issues. Your issues stay the same your whole life. So the the thing that changes is how you look at them, changing the paradigm. You know, people say to me, oh, my God, you've been through so much. I mean, how can you, you know, and people who've come to me who've had horrible things happen in their life. 
I said, you can even look at, you can either look at these things as being horrible, or you can look at these things as being, this is what has made you what you are today, and you are a magnificent human being. You would never be who you were today if it wasn't for those horrible things that have happened to you. So I look at all those things that have happened to me, and I am grateful for all of them. And I know that those are the things that have made me who I am today, that have given me the texture. I mean, there's nothing new other than under the sun except you. You're the only thing original around town. Everything else has been done before. You know, and all of these things that at one time or another have broken your heart, have, have really, you know, sent you to your knees. I mean, these are the things that have made you what you are today. And I'm grateful for every single one of them, really. I really am. But it's taken a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, kn- I know exactly what you mean. Um, a teacher told me many years ago that, you know, if everybody in the room threw their problems in the center of the floor, you know, you'd knock somebody down to run and pick <laughs> yours back up. <laughs> and that's it's so true any day of the week. And the other part, like you're saying, if somebody said, is there something about your life, the problem of the past, that you would like to erase, uh, my answer would be no. It really Absolutely has not. you know, deepened and, and made me a, a more well-rounded human being. Absolutely. You know, um, uh, Maya Angelou was on the last week of, uh, of Oprah, and um, she said some. she's just, she's fabulous, you know, and I she said her. something that, mm-hmm. yeah, me too, I just adore her. And she said some, she said a lot of wonderful things, but one of the things she said that I just think is so right on, which is, if in the midst of the worst crisis in your life, you can say thank you, there's nothing that can touch you. And... That's really what it's about. It's, it's about being grateful for however it unfolds and knowing that when you're on this path, when you're on this journey, you know, sometimes you say, you know what, universe, I'm ready. You know, send me whatever lessons you have. And then the universe sends you a lesson and you're like, whoa, I didn't want that lesson. You know, <laughs> why, why did you send me that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those are the ones that really do the switch. You, you know what I'm saying? I do. Those are the ones that are like, those are the ones that you, that you can't control. Those are the ones that you just have to surrender to. People say all the time, I, you know, I don't know if I, I really believe in destiny, I really believe in karma. Karma and destiny happen in the same moment. You know, every moment we're living out our karma, what's happened before, and at every moment we choose how we want to deal with it. So you have the ability to really create your life at every moment, no matter what has happened to you. My feeling is that you have to take total responsibility for whatever comes into your life, even if it seems like a fluke. You can't pick or choose at some point and say, this, this is random and this is destiny. I mean, either it all belongs to you or none of it belongs to you. And my feeling is if it happened to you, it belongs to you. It, it's showing up in your life, and you cannot fight with reality. And if you do that, you know, you're, it's going to take you a while to get straight. You know, it's going to be very difficult. You have to accept what shows up in your life. You have to take it. You have to say it's mine. Even though I don't understand how it got to me, you have to get out of that total victim consciousness because that's what's going to totally deplete your power and keep you stuck. Yeah, it's it's quite surprising when you see people that are in some kind of, you know, self-help work or, you know, practicing self-improvement and they still continue to blame other people. Um, I was always the opposite. I was overly responsible for everything, so I had to tone that down, you know, but I'm always aware that I'm I'm right in there with the rest of them. You know, if it's right. happening to me, it's because I'm in the picture. <laughs> I'm in the window yeah, of it well, happening. You know, and I say to pe- I say to people, excuse me, who is the common denominator here? <laughs> who is the one that, no matter what, is here? And sometimes it seems like things come out of left field. It seems like you've done nothing to precipitate this thing that is happening in your life that's just horrible. You know, okay, so what? 
Now what are you going to do about it? It's still happening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, you're going to have to deal with it. Well, it's been a wonderful time spending with you, Chandra, and I want to thank you for bringing your wisdom. I definitely want you to be back on the show either in July or August. We'll have to compare calendars because I want to do a whole program about children and all the work that you're doing uh, with children and teaching parents the importance of disciplined children. We need to get back to that in our society. So I'm Temple Hayes, and I want to thank you for joining us today. You can visit Chandra at CoachGirl.com. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries Online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. feel undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karin Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities, quiet your mind and affirm, There is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child. Trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. 
We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.